Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. We're back on our Memories and Music campaign. I think this is episode six. Uh, Matt is with me as always. Matt, how are you? I'm all right, thank you, Patch. And you? Not bad. Your your number. Your number, please. My number? Yeah. Uh, out, my number. My check-in, yeah. yeah. Um, bit, of a, bit of a stressy, busy morning, so I'm probably at a six, I would say. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I'd probably join you, but for different reasons. Um you know, the Tuesday morning, get the kids out of the house, drop them off to various locations, fed them water, dressed, etc. It's never a never a good day for me. So um, I probably was at about four this morning, but now I'm well. Now that I'm doing this, I'm up, well up to a seven. There you I'd go, say. And by I always the end find of this up to an I eight. I find with yours, yours is very much related to your kids. And when you've had, uh, <laughs> when you've had a bath them, get them ready, drop them to any clubs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm looking forward to um, both of them being in the same school. At least that will, that might help Thank the situation. Too, yeah. But um, please do check out episode one seven seven. It's uh, about men's mental health. It's about uh, a company that's a charity that's been set up called Talk Club, and um, that was born actually in, in the Bristol beer factory um and there's a a lovely um, bit of street art outside there um for talk club and uh yeah please do check that episode out um if you know anyone who is either struggling with their mental health or you know just a conversation please do have a look at that matt you you listened to that one and you enjoyed it as well didn't you and do you know what patch make no apologies for almost kind of referencing this every time we do the check-in because it is so so vital yeah and, i think um, we, we start yeah. every podcast going exactly. forward with what number we are yeah yeah um, it's a brilliant listen really yeah good. and also we did one on the weekend with claire banks and kate masters as well the the return of the junior reds going back and listening to some of the stories they had to tell was fantastic matt yeah brilliant and both of them and i'm sure they won't mind me saying it were, were a little bit nervous beforehand um, and we just explained, you know, it's just, it's in effect four City fans chatting about the, the good old times. Um, and both of them, I know, contacted both me and you afterwards to say how much they enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, I see Kate and Claire regularly at, at home and away games. So um, yeah, but it's ni- nice talking about it, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Let's bring in our guest. And uh, I know he definitely listened to the return of the Junior Red. So Paul Binning, uh, how did you enjoy that episode? afternoon patch yeah very very good lots of good memories um i was a junior med i didn't i must have i didn't get involved in the trips and uh the match day stuff so much because i was always going to matches with my uh with my parents or friends parents but yeah love being a member love getting the badges and the packs and the, all the other bits and pieces you got with it um and yeah i think when you when you think about how much work those handful of people put in on mm. a volunteer basis so many hours they put in it's quite incredible actually the the dedication they do and it's probably something that's not remembered as much as it should be by people at the club yeah it's a good point it's a good point and uh, yeah it's great to have it back in name at least isn't it for now yeah yeah and it's a strange thing it's never gone really in the set to, mm. a, to one degree or another even it's just a, a pack of little merchandise and a birthday and christmas card you, you yeah, to engage young fans is so key. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go back down memory lane again. So we're back on the Memories and Music podcast. And uh, Paul, do you want to just tell us about the game you've chosen and why you've chosen it? Yep. Yeah, so I've gone for a game I'm sure most fans of, well, certainly, it's probably still most fans, even of this era, will remember, which is the home leg against Crystal Palace in the playoffs in 2008. Yep, correct. Tuesday. The 13th of May, in fact, 2008. Um, and I think it's fairly obvious why you've chosen that. It's probably one one of the games at Ashton Gate in modern times, isn't it? 
yeah, I think one of the most iconic. Um, there were a few candidates for me, and I think, yeah, we'll come to talk about, yeah, I might talk about one or two as we go through, but um, I thought for me, the atmosphere that night was as good as I've ever known at Ashton Gate. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a couple of other obvious examples there we might might reflect, but for the whole, the whole ground was just, it just felt like our time. And I think it felt like it was, you know, going to be our time and everyone was, was right up for it and just the noise was just absolutely amazing so yeah and obviously uh you know happy successful outcome at the end i don't think i've got any spoilers coming there but uh <laughs> a successful outcome at the end of that game um and yeah i just thought it was a good one to good one to reflect on just to rewind slightly matt obviously 2006 2007 season the promotion finishing runners up to scunthorpe united coming up from i think was it league one still then i think it was yep. um coming up into the championship uh did you ever think in your wildest dreams that we would be top of the championship in March 2008? No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, it, it was a great team um, and we, we made some decent signings, but no, 100%. I mean, it's, it's a tough league. And I think, I don't, I don't know what, um, what memory lane we went back, but we were talking about this and just how much time we spent at the top of the table and actually, when we go through this now, it almost feels a bit disappointing we didn't get automatic. <laughs> you know, when when you think that where we were in, at that stage of the season, we probably should have done. Um, yeah. But no, it was a great, great team spirit. Um, Gary Johnson, you know, the, the way that he managed those players. Um, it was a great side and, and enjoyable to watch at times, but we didn't we didn't set the world alight. It was a lot of close games, lots of one nils, two ones, wasn't it? So... Yeah, um, Paul, yeah, I think our goal difference was zero or plus one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we we actually don't only spent one week outside of the top six. Um, just looking yeah. back at some stats now, and um, we're top for quite a lot of that as well. But if you look at the teams that are in there, you know Norwich, Southampton, Wolves, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, uh, the, the list goes on and on. Um, it was a strong league as well, Matt. It was and just shows just how much the impetus from a promotion and if you keep, you know, a core group of players together and just add some quality, the difference that it can make. Mm. Um, and it's also getting the rub of the green as well. You know, a couple of late wins and things like that. It, it keeps that momentum. And I think we've all we've all played or coached or whatever. You know that when you're on a bit of a winning run, confidence is so high. You feel like you can beat anyone. And, and that yeah. season definitely felt like that, didn't it? Yeah. So, Paul, we won't go into detail on the the first leg, but obviously that finishes two one away at Crystal Palace. Were you at that game? Yes, certainly was. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Again, one of the iconic away games of our time. Um, what a performance against a team yeah. that's stronger than us on paper. Uh, had a certain a manager that was stronger than us on paper and more experienced. Um, and yeah, to come away win away win. You know, you, you'd always accept a draw when you're in that sort of situation away from home, but. Yeah, just to the quality of the two goals as well. You know, I was just going to say that. Yeah, exactly. Clary is often overlooked, but obviously by by Noble Screamer. But uh, the quality of both goals and to finish with that was just outstanding. Yeah, the weasel, as it was known, mm. uh, a fantastically worked free kick, and we covered that at length on the the Carey Murray and Thorpe podcast uh, on Robins Reunited. But Matt, yes, as as Paul said, there two two of the greatest goals. I think they they be in many City fans' top twenty goals that yeah. they've ever witnessed. But if you add the occasion to it as well, they're kind of right up there, aren't they? They they are iconic with the the Christian Roberts Hartlepool goal and um and as Paul said you know Dave Noble's goal was an absolute screamer and was a player I absolutely loved Dave Noble mm. a, another kind of mercurial talent probably 
a talent that we did get quite a bit out of. And usually for that type of mercurial player, we tend to get them in for a couple of games, lose them, don't we? They then sort of fade into distance, whereas Dave Noble did have a, a decent run. But yeah, the, the weasel goal was a hell of a goal, wasn't it? <laughs> um, just, just quality. Fantastic. Right. Well, before we get into the game, um, we do the starting lineup. So mm. I'm going to uh, come to you first, Paul, as the guest. Um, and we take it in turns and you can give me players and I'll tell you whether they're in there or not. Okay. I'll start with Basso at the back. Okay. Basso, Matt. Yep. Uh, Bradley Orr. Okay. Lewis Carey. Carey. Jamie Mack. Jamie Mack. Um... McIndoe. Uh Yep, McIndoe. Um Obviously referenced him, but Dave Noble. Uh, yep, Dave Noble. Marvin Elliott. Marvin Elliott. Nick Carl. Carl. Uh, Trundle. Trundle. Christ, now I'm struggling. How many have we got left? <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine. Two to go. Two to go. So it's another centre-half. Uh, did ooh. he has appeared on Robin? I was going to say Jamie McCoon. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, one left up front. Adabola. Yeah, great shape. Okay, and substitutes for uh, for a random bonus point. Ivan Sprawl. Yeah. Oh, good shout. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. Lee, three... Lee Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Was there three subs? Three subs. Yeah. One to go. Dead air is a crime. So I'll help you out. It's Liam Fontaine. Oh, I might have struggled for that one, yeah. Yeah, Liam Fontaine. So, um, the attendance for that game? 23. Uh, yeah, it's got to be right up there. Pro- oh. Probably, yeah, tw- maybe slightly less, 21 and a half. 18842. Really? Oh. Crikey. Yeah. Build as the biggest city game for a generation. So let's let's have a look. What I'm going to mm. do is uh put the game up on the screen for you guys and obviously listeners will hear the audio. Um and then we'll just stop and start as we go through and talk have a little chat about it. This is the big one. A win or draw tonight. Books from a place at Wembley. So Wars wins the header. McCoom, miscommunication, Rubasso headed back in and Ben Watson puts Palace back in the playoff semi-final. So Paul, not a great start, um, a bit of a confusion at the back, McCoom heading out and Ben Watson with a great header to be fair over the top of Basso into the net for 1-0. Yeah, yeah just looking back at that, that's probably one of Basso's worst moments for us wasn't it in this whole <laughs> time actually, he got absolutely nowhere near that um, and really, yeah, really shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, and I think, I guess... When you've been a City fan of a certain age and, yeah, I think, you know, with similar-ish ages between us, yeah. um, you know, you, you've seen 30-odd years of disappointment. You see that going early on after, you know, the, the highs of the noble goal away at Selhurst Park and you <laughs> probably as a ground, you start to think, oh, God, not again. Yeah, not again. Are we going to do this again? But um, again, referencing back to the back to the crowd, I mean, I remember that five, six seconds after that, I went in, the roar that went up from the home end just sort of said, you know, come on, guy, this is... We got to get back onto this. We got to, we can't let that affect us. Was uh was really something. And Adriano Basso. There you go. There's a roar. Miscommunication between goalkeeper and defender. Lacoom headed clear, and Watson was able to place his header over Basso, who found himself out of position coming for the ball. He's just catching that, though, isn't he? <laughs> 
There's no danger around him. That Bristol City didn't want to see. It's whether he's called for it or not, I suppose. Mm. He's given away in the 24th like said, minute Patch, to good, Ben Watson, the man who scored Watson. up in yeah. Selhurst Park for Crystal Palace. 2-2 on aggregate then. Carl catches. It's um, a penalty to Crystal Palace. And again, it's Ben Watson, I think, about to take that one, Paul. Yeah, and Nick Carl just, just didn't really get near the ball there. He's raised, raised his foot, caught the guy on the thigh. Um, you know, Howard Webb refereeing there, I noticed, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was Howard Webb, yeah. Um, yeah, and again, I think that's really... <laughs> I guess that's... I think that's what this game had. Obviously, had drama. No, yeah, obviously went. Yeah, went in the end. Ultimately, some extra time. But yeah, the fact that we were at this point facing being behind suddenly, having been in the lead for so much of a tie, you, you kind of, you weren't writing us off by any means. But you're starting to think, yeah, this isn't going to happen again. It's not going to be our, our time. I think it was fairly late on the pen as well, wasn't it? Seventy it was seventy minutes. I think. Yeah. So. I suppose, yeah, still, what, 20 minutes to go, but it felt like, oh, God, yeah, this goes in. At what point uh, At what point were you praying, Matt? Was it at full time? Or? No, that was that was half time. So I'll, oh, I'll, right, okay. I'll send you the picture. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was at half time when, obviously, the scores are 2-2. And like Paul said, be, being of a certain age, you just felt, oh, God, we're going to blow this again. Mm. Um, you know, probably a feeling very much like I had at Twerton Park um, that time with the Rovers. But I just thought, and and this was bigger than anything because the obviously yes, I was young when we got to the first division, but the first division was nothing like the Premier League in terms of, you know, the media and every the money that went with it. So yeah, so yeah, halftime caught caught, caught me praying and two of the guys that I've sat with for years, sort of there, um, and that all stemmed from Glyn Riley scoring against Mansfield in the Freight Rover when Glyn came on. I prayed and we were one 0 down and he scored and I thought. Actually, this this works. God's a football fan, and he's a City fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're just watching the the replay there of the penalty, and it's pretty weak, isn't it? It's pretty weak. The penalty. He goes yes. to pull out. Let's watch it. Yeah, he catches him on the thigh, doesn't he? Catches him on the thigh, it is, but yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. follow through, isn't it? It's not deliberate. Yeah. But Ben yeah. Watson, let's see what chance happens. Chance to score a third <laughs> goal in his tie as a whole. He beat Basso at Selhurst Park from the spot can he do it a second time always a player I every wanted responsibility to find on these young shoulders for Ben Watson and so Jigs on the goal the line East End putting him off as well and hits the post the ball comes back in and he's done it again What a roar that is, Paul. It's so good yeah. to hear, isn't it? Yeah. I think this I think that's one of the sort of most underrated elements of the game of football for a fan is a missed penalty when you've when it's against your team, if that makes sense. You know, the, yeah. the expectation is you're gonna lose a goal. Yeah, you think yeah. you're one nil down or two nil down, whatever it is. The other team expecting to score and then it doesn't happen. I think that, that can be a massive momentum shift in the game, and it certainly was a missed one. I think, you know, from that moment on, I think we sort of took control a little bit and and you know, that that almost that was their moment. I mean, mm. yeah, they missed it. We're just looking at the uh, the the bench now of Crystal Palace after they've seen the the miss of the penalty and Keith Curl, assistant manager. I'd forgotten about that, Matt. Yeah, he was assistant to to Neil Warnock for quite a bit, wasn't he? Assistant um, to the manager, assistant to the manager at Sheffield United. Um, yeah, he was there for quite a while, wasn't he? 
Um, they had a good side, Palace. You know, mm. like I said, Watson was a player I always wanted City to sign, but Clint Hill, Scott Sinclair, um, Clinton Morrison. Um, yeah, they, they had some good players. Watson went on to score the uh, FA Cup final winning goal. He did, didn't he, against Chelsea? Yeah, for Wigan. Yeah, yeah. And Spironi in goal for them was a bit of a character oh, as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Wore pyjama on here. And no, that was the other strong guy. Strong run from the Here's Scannell. Deflected. Oh. Over the bar. Chance for City here. Trundle Elliot plays it forward yeah. for Trundle. He will stay on side. Big opportunity this for Liverpudian. Trundle! Off the bar! Oh, off the bar. Dude, I, for, I for, forgot all about that one. What a yeah. player. What a player he was, wasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Such, such skill and yeah. always, always looking to get a shot away. And the technique which he used to get that ball over and then dipping down uh, yeah, was yeah. a sight to behold. And he, he, did, he did it time and time again, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Question for you two guys. You do this all the time. You talk about Martin, not Martin Noble, Dave Noble earlier and Lee Trundle. Mm. It's often said about City, but we don't get the best out of these flair players. We don't, you know, we've... I would argue we got the best out of Noble and Trundle that anyone ever has. They played at the highest level for us consistently. Yeah. And, and uh, yes, there's, there's always that ceiling you don't quite feel you've reached with them but no one else got this level of championship level performance out of them no i, I agree with that I, what i would what i meant by it was i don't think I'd, I'd love to know how many games they played but trundle always felt a little bit like johnson never totally trusted him didn't sort of start yeah, him yeah. he only stayed with us for what a couple of seasons went out on loan yeah. in so that that was what i meant by it um you're, you're right in terms of the level they played at and the performance but it was it was funny because i um, Gary Johnson on Jeff Twentyman's show when asked who the best player he'd signed was he said Lee Trundle which really mm. surprised me because like I said I didn't feel that Johnson trusted him enough or allowed him to be the player that he went mm. you know you, mm. you hear about clubs that um, Scott Murray said funny enough on, on Jeff's show last night that um, Danny Wilson told him I don't want you to defend you, yours, yours is going forward you just go forward mm. and I always felt with Trundle he, he got a little bit tied down at times. He, he wasn't just left to do what he was good at, which was what we've witnessed and what we will go on to witness. Yeah. Um, and Noble, similarly, I thought was a brilliant player. Obviously struggled a little bit with fitness, didn't he? And um, maybe some of the culture. <laughs> yeah. He, he, liked, he liked the social as well, didn't he? But yeah. two brilliant players. So Trundle that season, 25 start, 16 um, substitute. Yeah. Which... You know, maybe Paul's point there. He's playing at a level he's never played at before. I mean, we we can all remember the the Soccer AM promo that when it's the Soccer AM show started, it was showing Trundle doing his showboating, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that one where he rolled it across his shoulders, and mm. um, and he's still doing it today, unbelievably. I yes. see some of the goals he scores at the moment, and they're still those type of worldy goals. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know someone who plays against him in the Vets League over here. And um, yeah, he said it's phenomenal to just be on the same pitch as him. He's got so much ability and time still, even though he's 10 years older than a lot of other people on the pitch. It's just, uh, yeah, quite something. Okay, so we're in extra time now. Um, and this must be the 104th minute. So let's just run this one on. That's all once more. Good ball forward from Bradley Orr. Back in. To Trundle. It's in. And City are back in front through Lee Trundle. And could be, that be the goal that takes them to Wembley? It's 
So just note there that Ivan Sproul's come on uh, for mm. David Noble at the start of extra time. And it's 104th minute. And again, we've just picked up on Trundle and hitting the bar and forced him on the edge of the box, Matt. And what a finish. What a finish into the into the left-hand side. It is probably right right up there within my top three City goals because of the moment in close of what I was. And, and I loved Lee Trundle because I do like those sort of players. And there were a group of blokes that sat in the Atio not far in front of me who were constantly at him, constantly having a go at him. Even in that game about getting him off, when he scored, I just went absolutely ballistic. And I remember <laughs> running down to them and right in their faces and shouting numerous expletives, I'm sure. But Oh, I'm you know, surprised, that, Matt. I'm surprised. I know, yeah. But that's what he was all about. And and the touch, I think the keeper should do better, if I'm honest. But um, And it was the celeb as well, wasn't it? The, the pumping chest was just, yeah, yeah, brilliant. It, it gives me goosebumps watching it now. And I could watch it over and over again. That touch underage is almost. Oh, drag, my drag God. Drag that in from how wide it was to be just where he wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, look at John and Keith Millen and Walshy celebrating with and him. And Walshy, but... yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's lined up now for uh, for a chance. And beyond our wildest dreams, we don't think we're going to get another one. And it's a little drag back, I think, from Nicky Carr into the path of McIndoe, who wasn't a prolific free kick scorer, was he, Paul? No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I think you almost expected at that stage. almost thought we might even play into a corner almost. You know, starting to get to that stage of a game. So, yeah. uh, 110th yeah. minute. It must be, what, a good 27, 28 yards out there? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's roll it on and have a listen. Here's McKindo. And in, and surely now City are going to Wembley. John Kellen. McKindo from the free kick. Seventh goal of the season. 2-1 on the night. 4-2 on aggregate. And surely there is no way back from that from Crystal Palace. And it has to be said that all four of City's goals in this tie... Have Tell you been... what, there's a hell of a swerve on that, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. He's hit it left-footed and he's caught it on the, obviously, you know, on the sweet spot and it's bent away from the keeper. Um, mm. Absolutely fantastic. And I must say, at this moment, um, I, I think I picked my brother up more or less above my head Did to you? celebrate <laughs> this goal. Yeah, and he's... Uh, well, he's not big, but it was certainly an achievement. But it was fantastic. What what a moment, what a memory. And it's something that will live with us forever, Paul, that uh, that moment and getting into getting to Wembley and in, at the first time of asking almost for yeah. into the yeah, championship playoffs. You know, I think when you have a relative lack of success as a club, which we have, you, you do remember these semi-finals. Stuff. You know, a lot of big clubs probably don't remember any semi-finals or, or odd <laughs> league games here and there. But we do because we've... Yeah, they are the sort of iconic moments. And to say, going back to the atmosphere, I think Hartlepool is often noted as being that sort of noisiest moment when Christian Roberts went through and he had the kind of the whole like go on, go on as he was running through. Yeah. That was almost like, for me, I think that was almost three or four years of relief and tension and everything mm. else pouring out at that moment. This one just felt like it was con- consistently noisy and it just felt like real belief. But yeah we're actually going to do this, you know, and actually going to reach a Premier League. And, you know, football purists might not like it, but I would argue that's the most important game until Hull we've ever had, even before oh, the first division days, because definitely. of what it means from a financial positioning and global exposure and everything else. And, um, yeah, just a just a phenomenal evening. 
Yeah. I was up in the back of the old back of the Williams, and I've, I've not often sat up there. But yeah, just the noise ringing around there was was quite quite amazing. Cool. Yeah, Carry unleashed from shot. Yeah, yeah. thirty-five yeah. yards. I'd love to know what McKinde says, and you had it on a bit of slow mo. But I'd love to know what he says to Mickey Carl just before the free kick. You can see that he visibly says something. But the other thing to call out, and he is a bit of a pantomime villain. But as soon as that goal goes in, Neil Warnock is stood on the sidelines clapping. Yeah, true. Now you know, he, like I said, he gets a lot of stick, Neil Warnock, rightly so at times. Um, but. You know that that's that's sportsmanship as well, and to see that, um, so kudos to him for that. Yeah, let's just hear the final whistle roar. And there is the final whistle, and the city fans will celebrate long into the night. <laughs> They've watched their side book an appearance in the Wembley final on the 24th of May to play for a place in the Premier League. And Gary Johnson wants to applaud the fans and his board of directors. He's calling <laughs> a scrummage here of city fans and photographers. An absolute pitch invasion uh, <laughs> there, Paul. And poor Gary Johnson, who's, what, five foot one, um, is somewhere underneath all of that. Uh, quite incredible. What what a night and uh, a fantastic, a fantastic choice. It's got to be up there, as as we've said multiple times, with uh, the best nights at Ashton Gate. Yeah, definitely. And I, 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 again, being up in the Williamstown, I sort of remembered seeing footage of the Division One days when the players all climbed mm. up to the the rostrum or whatever it was up there at the time, the press yeah, box, director's area. box. Yeah, um, and I think I got a feeling they did that after this game as well. I think they sort of ended up up there at some point. They did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great being close to that. But yeah, what a team! And if yeah, you you go back in our history, and people will be able to recall the team that you know played Man United mm. and I think you know most like we did at the start would be able to recall most of this team for a long long time to come yeah great scenes in the dressing room now Matt there's a player I wish we still had in his pomp Marvin Elliott that's that's just the sort of player I think we're missing at the moment so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's always something that City fans have said now since he yeah. left more or less is you know we need a Marvin Elliott type character Paul yeah 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 I think the, the the one period we've probably had we didn't necessarily need him was when Pack and Smith were together at that League One and first championship level. But, but yeah, it, that power in midfield was just yeah. massively um, important and we haven't had a huge amount of value over the years, certainly. Just noticing Stuart Naylor um, yeah. was the, the goalkeeping coach there, wasn't it? No, like like Paul said, it, it's from an atmosphere point of view. I know that, you know, that Jeff, I think possibly because Jeff Stelling says about the, the stands rocking, I think the Hartlepool one always gets sort of seen as being that one, but but that for me was absolutely as massive a game and as massive an atmosphere as I've ever witnessed. It's just a shame that what, what followed at Wembley. Yeah. Although on saying that, I've watched that Wembley game back many right. years later a few I times. <laughs> oh, do you know what, Patch? It's worth watching only in so much as you can't believe we lose the game mm. with the mm. amount of possession and chances we had. You cannot believe we lose the game. Um, yeah. And I think on the day, I never really felt like that. And the I just remember getting... was the difference really was Fraser Campbell, wasn't it? From memory, like in terms of well, it was Windass's goal was really the the key one. Yeah, that, but that Fraser one Campbell moment. But he ran us, it, didn't he? Yeah, he, he ran us ragged. Bradley Orr's injury was yeah. was oh, massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Um, that was the key, wasn't it? Because yeah, was it was that who was it? Marvin Nelly went back to right back, or just who went back? I to think right it back? was. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Um, yeah, and Johnson came on, didn't he? But yeah, I just. <laughs> Again, there's a, a friend of mine, Roger Kirk, and he won't mind me referencing, but Roger often says to me, 
and he, he's a, a few years older than me, he's in his 70s, that he hopes he gets the opportunity to see City play in the Premier League. And he thinks time is running out for him. And, and I feel the same. And I've got a few years on him. You just sort of think those moments, they just don't come around that often. For a club like us, like yeah, Paul said, yeah. we've not had on, much success. No, and on a slight personal level, I, I was actually due to be getting uh, married about summer. Well, I got married about summer after the Palace game. And I must admit, in the back of my mind, was thinking, well, you know, at some point we're going to have a family. Yeah. That might be really, really hard to get away to 38 games a season when I've got <laughs> yeah, a family. Yeah. This yeah. is probably my last chance of having a, having a full go at it for a fair few years. So, yeah. uh, I was sort of thinking, we need to do that this year. We need to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, well, these things are meant to try us, and uh, yeah, we all know what happened. Uh, but but also, Patch, it, it's one of that, that moment, the Trundle goal. If you're not a football fan, where, where do you get that in your life? That high? Yeah, I, I don't... And, and I've, I've never taken drugs. I've or never a sports, a sports fan. A sport, I guess you a could sports say. fan. Sports but general, I think yeah. I think. I mean, yes, pro- probably. There's been great, great moments in any sport. The Johnny Wilkinson goal was just fabulous, wasn't it? But when it's your club mm-hmm. and you you love your club, so when you're watching in England, it's not quite the same. But yeah, it, it just that's why I'll, I'll forever be grateful to my mum and dad that they took me to watch Bristol City. Mm. I've not. Been a, a, I think I've said this before, a Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal, where I've experienced trophy season on, season off. You know, it, it's great being a Bristol City fan because the moments when they come along, just you, yeah, you appreciate. I think the difference thing. is when we support a club, it, it's that would have been genuinely life changing if we gone up for fat yeah. fans who follow you home and away. It's yeah. it's it's going to Man United and Arsenal, yeah. and Liverpool, not to. Rotherham and Barnsley and yeah, with respect to yeah. it. Yeah, it's it, that that's the difference it makes. It makes a difference to the season and maybe the season after, maybe the maybe as Hull fan, the 10, 20 years after in terms of being up yeah. and down. And that, yeah, even if England go and win the World Cup, which we'd all love them to do, it would be an amazing moment. It won't really make a difference to what happened after that to us. It would just no. be a great moment in time, mm. and then we'll go and play well, there, there, friendly again. There's an interesting one for you, then, Paul. England <laughs> England to win the World Cup or City to get to the Premier League. Oh, City to the Premier League. City. Every time. Yeah, City. There you go. And that's, and that's the love, that, isn't it? Yeah. Because of, because of the difference it makes about following year, going yeah. to all those grounds and following them and seeing I always, that happen. I always remember having a, a big debate in work once because I'm a, a big tennis fan and I love Tim Henman. And I was asked the question, Tim Henman to win Wimbledon or England to win the World Cup? And I was, yeah, Tim Henman to win Wimbledon because I'm bang to see in my lifetime England win the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Naive. <Yep. laughs> yeah, fool. <laughs> Excellent. Right, well, we'll skip, skip on from football into the music now. So we go through the top 10 from that weekend um, from, from the game that we've chosen. So it was uh, the 13th of May, 2008. So I'm going to play the track for, for Paul and Matt here um and then we'll come back and talk about the track or not um <laughs> we'll see but uh, yeah we you won't hear the music but uh, we'll we'll say what it was so first of all at number 10 so that is Kylie Minogue in my arms uh, not particularly fond or remember that track Paul do, do you remember that one I, I knew it was Kylie I think but I wouldn't have made Tova's title as um yeah in her late era dance phase yeah Matt not I thought thought you'd clicked on the wrong YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, moving swiftly on then into (laughs) number nine. Now, I am a fan of this track. Now, I can see you, Matt, bopping away to that one. It's Flow Rider Low featuring T-Pain. Yeah. What film is it from? Oh, several. But there's a comedy film with it in. Uh, It's probably in uh, Hangover, I think. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, a classic song, isn't it? Classic song. Yeah, one with a one with a great baseline, Paul. That that to me, I mean, I, I must admit, this is a little era I'm not that that familiar with, but that, that sort of type of music seemed to be a lot of a stuff around at the time. Yeah, no, it's it's quite a few R and B, let's say, oh, yeah. tracks, but uh, this one certainly isn't R and B. This is uh, number eight. That's Coldplay with Violet Hill. Fan of Coldplay, Paul? Uh, yeah, to an extent. I'm not sure I can remember that one particularly well, but uh, yeah. No, I didn't recognise that as them at all. Matt, not a fan? Dull as ditch water for me. Um, <laughs> my my brother-in-law saw them in oh, America somewhere. I can't think where it was, but yeah, I think it's fabulous. In, but no, I, I just don't get it. Although he did he did play recently in the West Country, didn't he? He was in, in a, a pub, pub somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tinkling yeah. the Ivories. Yeah, fair uh, no, I, I would actually go to a Coldplay concert. You know, I wouldn't go out of my way, but if someone said, do you want to go and watch? Oh, yeah, go on, then I'll come with you. I think the I think concert's that, supposed to be spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Big, they, big they utilise, yeah. And, yeah. They yeah, utilise yeah. the experience a lot more, don't they? Very yeah. talented. Yeah, okay, moving on then. Next one. So it's Cry For You by September. Now, I, I might be doing them a disservice by saying that's a one-hit wonder, but it's certainly a hit. I've definitely heard it before. Paul, you familiar I with that one? I recognise the tune, but not the words. So I don't know mm. if it's a remix at all or whether it's just the tune you hear somewhere but yeah yeah not Probably. wouldn't have known the song of it the song title no, i wouldn't have yeah. no cry for you by september right this this one's another one with a good b line bass line paul all right here we go <laughs> and and the rap in this you were you'll you'll remember from uh, a scene in gavin and stacy Familiar with that one, Matt? American Boy. American Estelle. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah. Uh, and are you, do you, if you remember the uh, the what? scene with Smithy and uh, his sister? It was his sister, the... wasn't it? Walking through the car park. <laughs> yeah. Genius. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, that's um, Estelle with American Boy. Um, but yeah, good track. Right. Uh, more R&B now um, as we go into number five. Love in this club by Usher. Uh, Paul, you're shaking your head, mate, but you picked the week. <laughs> I picked the year. I picked the music. You picked the game. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure I've ever heard it. Well, I probably have heard it. Yeah. Loving this all. club by Usher. Um, more R and B for number four. Will I am heartbreaker. Really? Not sure I've ever heard that. I probably yeah. have, but it didn't didn't spring to mind at all. No. Anything from you, Paul? No. No. It was no. a couple of years after my days on uh, Park Street and that sort of place. <laughs> I might, might have heard a few. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, into number three. Again, I think a, a one-hit wonder, potentially. I'm sure someone will correct me on that, but I know the track. It's uh, number three. Bit of a history lesson there, you know. Talking to us about, talk to us about evolution. Uh, that is Black and Gold by Sam Sparrow. Uh, familiar with that one, Paul? No, the song. I wouldn't, again. I don't try to have given you the name of the Yeah, I, I, can, I can hear, like, my regular show co-host, Rich, basically crying whilst listening to this, saying, you know... All of these are all one-hit wonders, with the exception of maybe Usher, and Coldplay, and Kylie. Um, but yeah, not uh, not the great, not the greatest top ten so far. But uh, was none, this, this must have still been record sales, I assume, at this point. It wouldn't have been iPods were around, but downloads yeah. weren't really, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're probably right. Yeah. Right, let's let's move on. Another one-hit wonder, I think. But um, again, a track I've heard of. So it's Wearing My Rolex by Wiley. Matt, fan of that one? No, I preferred him in his Roadrunner days. I've got to be <laughs> honest. But, um... <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so, right, let's get let's get to the end of this. So, number one. Uh, it, I'm not sure I could have named any of these nine <laughs> singles no, so sure. far. You'll, you'll, oh. you'll name this one. 
Yeah. Um, you'll name this tune in two, maybe three. Yeah. Okay, that's four minutes with Madonna featuring Justin Timberlake and Timberland. Uh, a few more head shakes, but uh, oh. hopefully you pick I Madonna. I would have got Madonna and Justin Timberlake. I would have, oh. wouldn't have remembered Timberland. That was yeah. like the worst game of Herd ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the benefit that, that we've got on these Memories of Music podcasts is... Um, is when people come on and pick your 80s and 90s, you're almost guaranteed a pretty good top 10. But uh, mm. it's very hit and miss when you stroll into the noughties, Paul. Yeah, very much so. I know we talked about games, and I know I had another one, which was Christmas time, which was about seven Christmas one-hit ones and <laughs> classics, which was pretty good fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I must have, I didn't check the music out at all for that. Era. No, no, and that, that's, that's, no, no. I, you, that's the way we like it. <laughs> we, we, we like the randomness yes, of, of this. Yes, not my era. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, some good songs nonetheless. Right, well, scrap scrap the music. We'll move on. Yeah. Um, so, Paul, we are you know uh, a month away now from the start of the season. In fact, we're twenty five days yeah, away from the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, some early business. You happy with what's been done? Yeah, I think. Well, as a principle, to get the business done early has got to be a good thing. You know, the players come in, they get used to their teammates and their surroundings. But the fitness staff get to see them and assess them and the coaches do, obviously, and everything else. I think that's got to be a good thing. Um, I think we probably could have said at the start of the summer, the, the key for me this summer is holding on to Semenyo. I think he was so critical in how we played that last three or four months of the season. It's not just his goals and assists, but the, the style of play, the pace, the closing down, the aggressiveness from the front. But he'll be very hard to replace if he went anywhere. And, you know... His injury might be a blessing in disguise for us. Yeah, if it means he misses a his, few games. His confidence as well, Paul. He yeah. he started to, and and I've been critical of him as, as lots of fans have been. But that's one thing Nigel Pearson has given Antoine Semenyo. Yeah, is I'm playing you down the middle, confidence and what a player he's turned into. I think, as you're saying, Paul, if if he started the season like he finished it, I think we'd be looking at 25, 30 million bids coming yeah. in for him easily. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. Be interesting to see, and that's a great point you make there, Paul, about getting them in early, obviously, which is great. But it also enabled them to go off to Austria mm, as a yeah. unit and spend yeah. what seventy-two plus hours together as a team and and yeah. embed those players. Yeah, absolutely, and build part of that team spirit. And we've all heard about Botswana in two thousand and whatever year it was, fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. Um, you know how important that was and you're not always going to tr- get a trip like that but obviously being away for that period of time when you're away from home and you're staying over with people it must help um, and also you just think about the practicalities I think it's easy to be critical of footballers because they earn a lot of money but you know they're moving town they're moving house they've got family to be at root or partners they've got to look around houses they've got to find you know it's quite disruptive actually to move around every couple of years and mm. do that and to actually just have maybe a few weeks in the summer to do that rather than it coming in August and being straight into back-to-back games midweek Saturday. You've got to think that's going to make a difference to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what's left What's left for you in terms of business uh, if you were able to influence? So assuming we are going to play three centre-halves, I think we need another centre-back still. Assuming Vi- that's also assuming Viner goes out the door. I think a central midfield is probably the key role at the moment, the one we haven't really strengthened. Um, although saying that, you're already looking at the formation. You've got James and Williams. You've got to find space for Alex Scott. You know, where is someone going to play? Go if he stays. Yep. Sengo if he stays, yeah, which would probably negate the need for another one. Um, you sort of feel like we need someone in there, but I'm not quite sure where we're going to play. Um, mm. 
And ideally, I think another forward instead of Martin. Again, unless we're going to use it's competition, Scott. competition for Martin. I think. Yeah, yeah, different and, sort of player. And we keep saying this Martin type character. Like Martin's a six foot five bruising striker, but <laughs> he's not. But he's, he is a target man at the end of the yeah, day. Naturally, wins a lot of ball, doesn't he? Fulfills yeah. that role, and he as as Matt just said, he he wins balls at yeah. the back and at the front. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, I mean, for me, it's still that Zizou type character, a powerful six foot three, whatever uh, striker who who p- can provide Martin with that competition because Martin finished the season strong um, yeah. and w- deserves to hold on to the shirt. But it's that there's, I think he had one, maybe two games where he was where he was rested and he mm. came back stronger. But yeah. it's having yeah. that having that similar player to drop in there, isn't it? Yeah, so I just I just wonder if we might rotate. Vyman a bit further forward and Scott in the number 10 role just to give Martin a, an extra game or two of rest. He's going to need it in this period. Yeah, it's a good change. It's so tight with the World Cup gap as well. Um, it might just be an option for him. Because I think I still think Scott's going to be moved around a little bit, assuming he's still with us. I think he's going to be rotated around the back, the, the midfield two, the number 10, maybe subbing in at right wing back still if we yeah, want to take Wilson off and give him a rest. So I think he's going to still be used in that way. But it'd be nice to see him more central more often, certainly. Well, it's great to have so many options, and if we can add a couple more, Matt, it's um, looking fairly positive. Yeah, the, the, the one for me, and I don't think we have got, is that physical central midfielder, like we said, the, the Marvin Elliott. But but maybe a fit Joe Williams, mm. who bombs around and puts his foot in, is different. Andy King looked really fit on the, the footage that I saw, but I mean, you're only watching, watching shuttle runs. But So potentially, you might have three fit midfielders in King, James and Williams that men maybe negate the need for another one now. I agree with you in terms of an, another centre-forward up top in that kind of mould. Um, we don't know where Sykes is going to play. You know, is Sykes mm-hmm. going to be the player that, that comes in and, and replaces Vyman and gives him a bit of a rest at times? Because again, he was flogged to death and did brilliantly last year. Um but it's gonna. It's a difficult, difficult league. Vyman's only had a couple of weeks break, really, hasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. And you've only got to look yeah. at the business. It seems like Millwall are doing. Mm. Um, you know, Luton signed Luke Freeman yesterday, which is a decent sign in at this well, level. Actually, after a striker, I wouldn't have that Barnsley strike as well. Morrison pay a bit of money for. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that last night. You're right, and and he is the sort of player we should be looking at. Mm. Um, I I don't think the business is done. I I do no. think there's probably a couple more. Um, because you. You only got to look at some of the players that that are with us previously. Lee Tomlin and Corey Smith are both without clubs at the moment in training. And I don't mean we should be signing them, but it shows there are players out there that you might think, oh, he's still with Barnsley or Blackpool or whatever, and they're not. They're training on their own, waiting for an agent to sort them out. So who knows? Um, if I'm Steve Cottrell, I'd be on the phone to Corey Smith like a shot. I've got yeah, to say, you'd have thought he would be because uh, yeah, Cottrell's Taylor, just take him ten more. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George Nurse from last season, so absolutely, they had Jana there, didn't they? Yeah, the interesting yeah. one for me is this keeper. All the media reports got four, seem, we? well, all the media reports seem to indicate that this this lad, the French lad, is coming. Mm-hmm. Then saying that that then means Max goes out on loan for a season so that he can come back challenging for the number one. But he's out of contract next year, and so you kind of think, well, do you really yeah. send? You know, send him out on his last season. Well, I, don't, I don't know. He already is challenging for the number one, isn't he? So that's you know that doesn't really make sense. But you've got Buse, Wiley Richards, and then yep. Max and and, yep. and you, Yeah, you need you need three here, don't you? You need two yeah. and then a spare at least. Yep. So yep. I suspect they'll probably rotate 
Harvey Richards and Buse loans maybe half a season each. Well, he went. To, he was at Gloucester, wasn't he? Harvey Richards, number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so that that'd be an interesting. I, I think personally, I think Max is done. I think I do. Yeah, I do. Seen enough and just decided he's not going to be good enough, and he'll do a bit of a Taylor Moore maybe go somewhere to put himself in a shop window for a year, and then you know, like Taylor Moore, if you have a good season, then in League One, you've got great opportunity. Then you next summer to go and get a really good deal somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That level. Yeah. I, 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 I was. I'm still a big fan of Max O'Leary. I think he's, I think he's a definitely a great number two to have, and we were even saying as a number one. But um, you know, Bentley uh, is excels in in for more areas um, than Max. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens um, yeah. in the coming weeks as we run up to Holloway. But uh, for now, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. No, um, thank you for having me. Uh, absolutely we'll see you um throughout the season i'm sure but um yeah matt we'll be back again soon and yep. um yeah we'll be, we'll be speaking soon. again soon take care everyone and don't forget to follow us on twitter at 3piapc for the latest cheers thanks a lot thanks chaps thanks all Life is done I hope I see